Welcome to Sharing in Our Caring, the podcast that brings together thought leaders, policymakers, and industry insiders. During our programs, we'll be shedding light on the human services sector that is often overlooked, but impacts us all. Join us for engaging conversations aimed at making positive change in this important space. We're back. Thanks, David, again, for joining me today. I mean, I was excited about our topic kind of continuing on the lines of social determinants of health. We had the opportunity to kind of focus in on food insecurity. And today we're going to be speaking with Reggie Young from the Alameda County Community Food Bank. And he's going to share some of his insights about food insecurity, about what a food bank is, and social determinants of health in general. Yeah, I think the conversation was really interesting for me because it opened my eyes in terms of the role of a food bank versus a food pantry, which by my mistake, kind of lumped those together as even though they have different purposes, but are looking to help solve and alleviate food insecurity. Sounds good, Elliot. So let's get started. So I'm Reggie Young, and I am the executive director of the Alameda County Community Food Bank in Oakland, California. I've actually been in this role just a little bit over five months now. I came to the food bank from the Houston Food Bank in Houston, Texas, which is one of the largest food banks in the Feeding America Network, which is the national network of food banks. I've actually been in food banking for a little over 11 years now. And I started off as a community organizer and got into food banking because of the access to resources that food banks have that were not always present when doing community organizing work. Can you just share with us how you define food banking? I think that would be a good way to start. Absolutely. Yeah. So a food bank is an organization that does several things with food, but the, the essential component of food banking, the traditional sense of what a food bank is, is really based around being able to source a variety of food resources to a central location, and then having a network of partners, which typically look like pantries within communities as distribution sites in which that food bank will then reallocate those resources to those pantries so that they can then provide those food resources to people in need of food. Over the years, I learned a lot about food banking. Uh, there's There's a perspective of what food banking is, but when you get in it, it is uh, very d- different <laughs> than what you, what you initially thought, a lot more complicated, but then uh, food banks just do a lot more than people really uh, know that they do. And so uh, it's been uh, very intriguing uh, on my journey to, to kind of be in food banking and kind of marry that with the, the skill sets that I brought from community organizing and now being in a position here at Alameda County Community Food Bank to put all of those things together with the, with the brilliant staff. I'm wondering if you can talk about how your agency actually secures the food that you distribute. Yes. So we acquire food from a multitude of different ways. I know that a lot of people hear about food donations, food drives that food banks or even food pantries may be doing. And so a small portion of our our food resources come from direct community donations. Another way that we get donations is through relationships with organizations like your local grocery stores, where they may be having an excess of product or there may be an item that they can't put on their shelves because of some alteration in the color of the item or something. 
But beyond that, we get a lot of food from USDA, United States Department of Agriculture. And so they have the commodity program, which sets aside a certain amount of excess food items for food banks to be able to acquire. We also receive what we call grade two food items. And so there's a process in working with farmers associations that is uh, managed through our state association, the California Association of Food Banks, in which we can get food items that are, you may see potatoes that are grown too big or carrots that are too small. And so they have these imperfections. And so there's a, a variety of ways that we get food items. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, the company Imperfect Foods just made me think of how we walk in and I think we all do, right? And I'm like, I need the perfect carrot, whatever that is. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's absolutely right. Like, we'll, there's we'll a, like, is, the there, is there a perfect carrot, right? Like, it's kind exactly. of like... <laughs> the perfect carrot is a marketing scheme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just kind of wanted to touch on nutrition is a critical component in individuals' health. And what role does your organization play in promoting good nutrition? Actually, Alameda County Community Food Bank has been a leader amongst food banks. We were actually the first food bank in the country to prioritize nutritional food items as a main component of our, our allocation strategy. And so we actually have a nutrition policy that determines what types of items we will or will not bring into the organization and allocate out to our partners. But beyond that, we also have a nutrition education team that goes out into the community and does teach nutrition education classes. This is a major priority for our organization. Can you share with us how COVID has impacted your organization and maybe just food insecurity or food banking and food pantries as a whole? Absolutely. I Coming from Houston, I was very experienced with dealing with disasters. And so we always had hurricanes come through. And the thing that I think about when it comes to a hurricane is that hurricanes will come they will do their business and then they leave and then you're in a recovery stage. But essentially what the pandemic has been is a, essentially a hurricane that has come, is doing its business and it has not left. It continues to impact our communities in a very uh, deliberate way. And so what we're seeing from the pandemic is a high need within our community for food resources based upon the economic challenges that COVID-19 has really had on our communities. One of the ways that we look at it at Alameda County Community Food Bank is that prior to the pandemic beginning, one in four people were experiencing food insecurity within our community. Now that is the, that number has dramatically increased. And so the way that it's showing up is that pantries are seeing more clients than they've seen in their histories up until the point of three to four times the number of clients that they were seeing prior to the pandemic. For us as an organization, we actually had to scale up our distributions to even our network. So we have a network of about 420 organizations like pantries that allocate those resources into the community. Prior to the pandemic, we were about 250. And so for me, uh, this has been a dramatic shift in the way that food banks nationally have had to respond in both the number of places people can access food resources, but in also just the amount of food that's necessary to meet the, that growing need within our communities. And the thing that I, I say a lot is that when people typically think about 
food insecurity, they're thinking about the unhoused population or seniors or even children, a large portion of who we serve are children. But there are a lot of working families that are receiving our services. And typically, what I like to say is that there is no typical client or neighbor who's receiving our food resources, and it can literally be the person next door. You know, what strikes me is, is that if you live closer to a fast food place than you live to a supermarket, you may be ending up spending the money you do have for food on fast food rather than going and buying healthy food that sustains you and lasts longer. It's a really interesting scenario of you can't just address one area without looking at many other areas of an individual's environment to really make an impact on their ability to have quality, good food that's nutritious for them and available to them as they need it. And, you know, I found it really interesting that he talked about how, you know, we can solve if this was the reality and we could just isolate food insecurity, like we have enough food right, to solve that problem. That's not the issue. The issue is that there's so many interrelated social risk factors or social determinants of health that we need to address so that you can then address food insecurity or you can address employment or housing or environmental factors that are so intertwined that we need to address them together from a holistic point of view versus in a silo. And I think Reggie did such a great job talking about kind of the role of a food bank and how they're positioned well within the community and how they have developed strong partnerships within the community to collaborate together. You know, he talked about impacting policy, but the one thing that I think we both can agree on that was refreshing or inspiring is that he brought up data and how much data they've been capturing and how they're very well positioned to help impact, whether it's policy, whether it's a holistic approach to help people live better, really comes from data. And that data can help drive changes of like the way that they provide services, identifying gaps of care. And that that is the work that we do at Foothold Technology. So I think, you know, that was awesome to hear. Yeah, knowing that somebody has a food insecurity is one piece of it. But when you can wrap that piece of information with more data, you're really able to take a holistic look at that individual and really approach providing them with help in a multiple faceted way. Yeah. So let's jump back into our conversation with Reggie. What are the challenges for individuals in achieving food security? Are there obstacles that are in their way? And if so, what are some of those obstacles within our current system? Yeah, so the obstacles for families that come to us are quite varied, depending on where they're coming from. I mentioned earlier about the unhoused population and the dynamics and the challenges they're, they're facing are very different from the person who's working a job or even two jobs and you're not able to get enough money to put food on the table. The thing that I would say about how food insecurity shows up within our community is based upon the fact that food insecurity is so interrelated with 
other issues that individuals may be dealing with. So oftentimes when a person comes to a food pantry, they're dealing with so many other issues that have led to them getting there that if those other issues are not dealt with, it's highly unlikely that they get to the point to where they no longer need us. And this includes everything from housing challenges, employment issues, healthcare issues that can really, you know, a lot of people are one healthcare challenge away from really being in a tough financial situation. So the reality is for a lot of the families that we serve, the challenges that they're experiencing are not always food related, but a lot of ways food adjacent. These are issues that impact food security that oftentimes food banks don't have really any control on. We're tied to the food aspects of their work. And so a lot of ways in which to really approach those barriers from a food bank perspective is by leveraging our influence in ways and in form of policy in the form of coalitions with other institutions that may be focused on these other sectors that our community members may be dealing with and finding ways to collaborate and to address those root causes of the reasons why families have came to us to in the first place. Yeah. And I think that touches on social determinants of health, right? And you talked about housing, employment, environmental factors. Can you expand on what you just talked about, some of the partnerships or what the work that you're doing to try to help an individual not just address food security, but kind of the root causes of how they can live a better life, if you will? Yeah. And I think the way that I kind of frame that is that from a food bank perspective, we think about how do we address the need today, but then also how do we prepare to address the, and really reduce the need for tomorrow? And so in thinking about the work that we do today, that is really tied to those ongoing distributions that you see in our community. The work in regards to addressing the root cause, the social determinants of health are really tied to how do you really challenge the, the conditions that have led to food insecurity within our communities. And that's a challenging issue because a lot of times the way that funders approach this work, the way that other nonprofits approach this work, the way that the government may approach this work is very siloed and doesn't take into account the impact that housing has on food insecurity or vice versa, or the impact that health has on housing or vice versa, right? And within this, when you take it from a social determinants of health lens, you should be really considering the multitude of these challenges and how issues are showing up at an individual level as well as a community level. And so the way to approach solutions around that is, one, from my perspective, is for food banks to really look at the intersection of who we're serving that is comparable to the intersection of our neighbors that are in the healthcare industry, our neighbors that are in the housing industry, and seeing what are the commonalities, what is the data showing us, or what are the commonalities and places in which we can come together to leverage our collective resources to support change efforts for those communities. Based upon that community voice, I think one of the things that we can tend to do in the nonprofit sector is try to develop solutions independently of those community members, the neighbors that are experiencing these challenges. And so one of those data points, the things that is probably the most important element of this is taking into, into account what the aspirations of, of that community are in developing solutions that they can actually 
uh, have because a lot of times the solutions come from within those communities. And so the way that that shows up in our programming is really based upon establishing those types of relationships and partnerships that blend the ground of health, housing, food partnerships. We're seeing emerging trends throughout the country in leveraging food resources in partnership with colleges and other people who are working on programs that if they are able to complete, can really change their ability to earn at a level that sustains them over time. And so how can we leverage the monetary and the nutritious value of food resources in support of individuals who are participating in in programs and like at college or like chronic conditions management programs that if completed really improves their lives. So I'm curious a little bit more here about the holistic approach you spoke of earlier. Do you think that we're going to continue to see a more holistic approach to individual support? And do you see your role as a food bank changing within that holistic approach? So I will say I came from the the largest food bank in the Feed American Network and how much we allocated resources. So we were allocating over 200 million pounds of food annually when I left that organization. And the thing that I know is that food alone will not resolve the issue of food insecurity. It doesn't matter how much pounds of food you allocate. If the other factors that are leading to people coming to that pantry are not addressed, food alone will never resolve it. And so the holistic approach is absolutely fundamental to really eradicating hunger within our communities. And that's something that I do believe can be eradicated because of the fact that we have so much that we produce in this country. We have so much excess that food should never be the problem as it relates to food security within our country. Now, as it relates to a holistic approach, I think there's a lot of things that are necessary in order to be able to do that well. One is there has to be built trust between systems. There has to be an understanding that no system alone can resolve the issues that are showing up differently. So food insecurity shows up differently than healthcare issues. But the causes, the root causes of those issues could still be challenges in our system that made it show up disproportionately for communities of color, disproportionately for other marginalized communities within those systems. And we have to start looking from a systemic approach to solving these challenges, food security, homelessness within neighborhoods, as opposed to isolated solutions. Now, the other component of it is data and being able to understand and get data that really showcases the reasons why we have to work together, but then also the opportunities and how we can work together. And as a food bank, that's an area where I feel like we feel very well situated in playing a a role there because, again, we have a network of, of over 400 partners. And all of those partners are embedded in communities. They have data that can be shared. They are working in a lot of different sectors. So not only in food, some of them are working in housing, some of them working in healthcare. And we can leverage the knowledge base that our network is having and partner with other sectors in ways that have long-term impacts for the communities that we mutually serve 
and I emphasize mutually because I think oftentimes that gets lost in the conversations around who's responsible for what. We're all responsible for all of these issues because they are mutually showing up based upon issues that are, have existed long before we got into the roles that we're in today. And so, so yeah, I think the food bank's roles are to be a convener with our network, as well as within the overall context of the community that we're in. But we're supposed to be mindful about how we allocate resources. And so the issue of who has or who, who doesn't have within our, in our communities is always an issue about who, who doesn't have power within our communities and, re, and the people that have resources have power. And so reallocation of those resources are necessary to really provide a scenario for our community to thrive. And the other way that we have to be able to do that is through influence. Food banks tend to have really strong brands within their communities. They have really strong supporters and they have really good relationships. And so we need to leverage those relationships in ways that are supportive of what our community wants. And that's what we intend to do. Thank you, Reggie. I I don't know if you want to put a plug in for how the people can get a hold of you to help you, but you're welcome to do that. This was <laughs> real informative. Thank you, David. Absolutely. For anybody wanting to volunteer, donate to our organization, they can reach us at accfb.org. And we have separate links on that site for volunteering, for donations, as well as if you're in need of assistance, please check us out. And we're happy to be in partnership with you in the community. So Elliot, another great podcast listening to another person who has done so much for their community. This time we talked about food insecurity. I learned a whole lot. It inspires me to hear Reggie talk about this, about how people can help by volunteering, by donating to such great organizations throughout the country. Yeah, and I think that we keep on realizing that when we're talking about social determinants of health, although we're highlighting a specific topic, again, this one being around food insecurity, that really each one of these is just a piece to the puzzle and just really reinforces how we're wanting to move towards person-centered planning, a holistic approach as we're working with individuals, that that really is so critical in this work that we do that. And we wanted to just leave you with a final thought from Reggie to wrap up the episode. I think the biggest challenge that I'm seeing right now is the challenge of ensuring that people still know that hunger is a problem. What the pandemic, you know, people are tired of the pandemic. And so a lot of people have been experiencing their new normal, despite the fact that food insecurity has been such a dramatic challenge for a lot of our neighbors. And so as many people go into their new normal, I want them to, to really be mindful that food insecurity is still a major issue and it hasn't gone down since the pandemic has started. And so to ensure that our community, our partners, everybody is aware that this is still a major issue that we do have to resolve. To me, the clear issues that we actually have the ability to solve and we definitely want to ensure that the neighbors that are struggling for food security, that they have the resources necessary to really thrive. And, and a lot of that is really dependent on awareness. Thanks for listening to Sharing in Our Caring, brought to you by Foothold Technology. 
Special thanks to our guest, Reggie Young. We also want to give a shout out to Resonate, who has helped us with production and editing. And if you liked this episode and want to hear more, please like and subscribe and consider following us on our social media channels by searching at Foothold Tech. For more information, visit us at footholdtechnology.com and we'll catch you on our next episode.